I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Well, this feels good to say this. It's a playoff edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. The Monday crew with you here. It's Ian Mendes, Julian McKenzie on day one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I got to... I got to tell you, Julian, this this is a better day. I don't know. The teams that we cover aren't in the playoffs. This is more exciting to me than opening day of the season. I don't know if, if you feel the same way. I'm more excited for hockey on day one of the playoffs than I am day one of the regular season. Yeah, because like the playoffs are like this is what everyone plays for. This is what everyone wants. And the first round especially, I think in comparison to so many other sports, especially North America – like it's the it's the best you can get as far as I'm concerned. So like opening yeah. day, even opening day now, like the the idea of an opening day in the NHL is weird because you'll have games that start in Europe. So like technically there is one, but then there's a couple days after where everyone else plays. But like, I mean, that's if they do that in certain years. But like in the playoffs, you don't have to worry about, you know, one random game starting on a random Friday and you forgot about it. Like the teams begin today. Love I love it. Yeah. No, this is this is going to be great, and we're going to kind of tee up some of the playoff series here, a little playoff preview action. Uh, talk about, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. You know, guys like Jack Eichel never played in the playoffs before. We'll we'll chat about that. We'll talk about some of the teams too that uh, made some changes over the course of the weekend. The Penguins, Jackets, Ducks, teams that we cover. Maybe they're going to make some changes. I want to hit on some awards ballots before we have to submit them in. Oh, uh, but before boy. we get to all of that, okay. Before we get to all of that, we have two, count them, two food-related things to get to. Okay? Yes, we do. Number, yes, we do. Number one, I owe my man Julian a tin of blue Danish cookies because I said about three weeks ago that the 16 teams that were sitting in playoff spots 
would be the 16 teams that qualified for the playoffs. Well, I went 15 for 16, but Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did me in. They dropped out. Florida went in. Oof. So, my man, you need to text me your shipping or mailing address or whatever, and I need to send you a, 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 a tin of cookies. Okay. Uh, for those uh, – oh, everyone's listening, really. So, I am texting Ian my address right now. I legit just took up my phone. I okay. am writing up the address right here. I just want to say – Merci beaucoup, monsieur. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure doing this bet with you, and I look forward, I look forward to my uh, blue tin of Danish cookies. Absolutely well worth it. Okay, I will give you one last chance to upgrade or change those cookies. Like, it, you can go something oh. else. If you want something else, oh, I can I'm willing, I'm willing a one-time deal. Oh. Like if if you're listening to this and somebody told you some sort of cookie fairy appeared and said, "Hey, you can have any box of cookies that you would like in the world. What are you taking?" You know what I might go, and this what? isn't overly creative or fun. I'm a big mint Oreo guy. Like if somebody said I've never to me, "Had mint Oreos." Oh yeah. Except really? it, it got it got a little bit ruined for me one time. Somebody told me they're like. I don't know. It kind of just feels like Oreo with toothpaste in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't say that. Oh, that's kind of gross. If you're yeah. giving me the option to up the ante, oh, God. Um, Ottawa doesn't have Felix and Norton, do they? Yeah, we do. Well, you can get them oh. in some of the grocery stores. Uh, but the problem is if I had to try to ship you Felix and Norton. If you are listening to this podcast and you're outside of Quebec, uh, Felix and Norton cookies are like Mrs. Fields times 100. Like Mrs. Fields, forget about it. You're like an amateur compared to Felix and Norton, right? Yeah. Like I, what's yeah. funny is, oh. is that like, uh, these, uh, radio hosts, uh, I used to, uh, on TSN, uh, 690 Montreal, Connor McKenna and Sean Starr, they would bring up Felix and Norton cookies all the time. And I had never had Felix and Norton cookies. That's not something that was just in my purview. So if this is the opportunity for me to see what all the fuss is about. Oh, wait, you never had them. It. No, just oh my God. Okay. like okay. I had had. Yeah. Okay, let me see if there's possible. The only problem is I know that they ship them, like they do little frozen ones that you just pop in your oven as needed. I don't know how well they ship. So, okay, let me let me look into that. I'll look we'll into figure that. Something out. Um, we'll figure something out. Okay, the other food-related thing we're going to get to before, like I said, we got we got some playoff series to, to tee up and we're really excited about uh, trying to, chat about awards ballots too, but you need to clarify something about what appeared to be an online fight. Yes. Dispute, we'll call it, an online dispute. In fact, I even texted into our little uh, uh, Slack channel, you, myself, and our producer, Chris Flannery. I'm like, uh, Julian, are you like straight up real beefing with this guy or fake beefing? Okay, uh, and so, it's kind of a little bit of both. So um, <laughs> for backstory here, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I was sitting in on the final Calgary Flames game of the regular season against the San Jose Sharks. And uh, I have to admit, the game was uh, starting to appear a little bit dull. And I thought it had the vibes of uh, the last day of school where, you know, kids aren't really learning. They're not really doing anything. They're going through all these little parties. They're just oh. kind of waiting for the day to end. It's yeah. kind of like you go through all those days. And it's like, all right, like, you know, let's get to the third period or whatever period in your day. And you get yourself that pizza party because one of those teachers said, all right, cool. I'm not going to teach today. We're just going to have a pizza party. Danny Austin, a uh, colleague of mine who works at Post Media, uh, seats a cup, uh, sits a couple seats away from me to my left in the press box. He overhears pizza party 
and he just assumes there's going to be a pizza party in the third period. And then he's all like, "What? Like you said there was a pizza party, and now you're 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 du- you're ducking down on that? I never said I was going to have a pizza party. I said the game had a feel of last day of school." Where at some point you get a pizza party. But of course he decided to tweet it out there and besmirch my own name because Danny Austin can't live with the fact that, you know what? I'm actually not that bad of a person. He needed validation. He is someone who craves validation so much that he was willing to put my name out there and speak bad on me for clicks. He, He overheard something didn't bother to go to me to verify it but he was like nah man i I heard it i'm just gonna tweet it i'm just gonna make you look bad small side note though small side note um someone saw that tweet from danny austin and uh let me make sure i find it but someone saw that tweet uh about him saying like hey you know you're gonna have a pizza party and i think at the time uh nikita zadorov uh i think had like one or two goals in that game that's and someone tweeted, game, at, right? yes, yeah. and Danny's and someone tweeted at Danny and said, "Hey, I will get you pizza if Nikita Zadorov scores a hat trick." Lo and behold, oh, he does. Um, I believe the 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 tweeter and Danny figured out something on their own. But if he wanted to, he would have gotten pizza for himself. Anyway, I know we spent too long on this topic, yeah. But I just wanted to clear my name, clear it up. I, I like your uh, your one sentence. You're like, you know, I'm not that bad of a person. That's I like that. I, that because I feel like if I say I'm a good person, then everyone's gonna be like, "That's Cap. Like you're 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 clearly yeah. a bad person." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad of a like, person. I'm not made of stone. Oh man. Okay, so here we go, man. Day one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we got four games on Monday. Uh, eight series, obviously, kicking off in the next uh, couple of days. Mm-hmm. So let's start with this, okay? We're each gonna pick one playoff series. Let's start with this. The one playoff series. If I told you. Julian, you have to guarantee this series is going seven. What's your answer? What's the one series you're like, I think this is going seven games? First series that comes to mind is Minnesota-Dallas. I just find those two teams are, I think of all of the series, that has the potential to be the closest one. I think they're pretty similar in terms of the offensive talent that they bring, in terms of their defensive abilities as well. I think, I mean, obviously Dallas has a guy like Miro Heiskanen who's done really well on both ends. Um, but I, I feel as if the goaltending too could be a really interesting story. We don't know as of this recording if Philip Gustafson or, or Mark Andre Fleury will start in Game One, but we know Jake Ottinger will will be in between the pipes. Like, there's a lot of fun storylines in this series and a lot of talent on both sides. And I think it's a bit difficult for me to pick uh, a winner between that. I could have easily said Tampa, Toronto. I could have easily said uh, the Devils and the Rangers. But uh, there's something about Minnesota and Dallas that appeals to me, and I think that's the series that's going to go seven. Okay, I'm going the series that I think is going to go seven, Winnipeg-Vegas. And it's part partly because I just don't know what to expect out of Winnipeg, and Hellebuck is the type of guy that can, you know, I think Connor Hellebuck is good for stealing you at least one game in that series, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and, and and Vegas is goaltending, I, uh, I don't know. I there's something about that series that makes me feel like it's going to go seven games. So if I had to pick and, and look, I I'm hoping that we get four series or five series that go seven games, because the one good thing, like if you're a listener to this podcast and your favorite team 
is out of the playoffs. So maybe you're, you know, a Calgary fan, Ottawa fan, Philadelphia, you know, whatever, Columbus, your team's out of the playoffs. There's nothing better than watching playoff game sevens and then overtimes when you have no kind of, you have no no horse in the race, so to speak. Absolutely. You're watching guilt free. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Is there a better feeling? I saw. Uh, well, I guess one of my maybe friends. if your team's in the playoffs, if your team's that in too. the playoffs, it's probably a better feeling. But yeah, and, and that team wins. Like you're, you're. That's like the the greatest feeling of all. Like I saw one of my friends uh, tweet out, um, you know, it's the beginning of a, a stressful time in the playoffs. So you do with the playoffs coming up, and I saw that tweet, and I'm like, I don't have to worry about that like at all. It's been years since I like got like my fandom so riled up where I was like. So just hoping that a team would do well in the playoffs. And now, like, I could just chill and just enjoy the games as they are. And, like, like it doesn't take much for me to get, like, excited about certain things. So, like, seeing, like, a, even if it's not a team I root for. I mean, I don't root for any team. But, like, seeing a team, like, score goal in OT. Like, I get riled up anyways. Like, oh, they did it. Like, that's awesome. Like, it's like I get all the fun of of living playoff drama and feeling all the chills. Yes. And I could leave that experience and know that, like, Okay, my team is not down two nothing in a series. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's great. Yeah. I like being I on the no fan side. I like this side. I know it's weird. Like, uh, and I think, but part of it is because we cover the sport, so we don't have the the fandom, so to speak, of of regular fans. But I mean, look, it is more fun when the team that you cover makes the playoffs. But there's something to be said for, like you said, just guilt free. Hey, you know what? I'm just gonna settle down. I'm gonna watch games, and, and, and whoever wins, it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I don't. I don't particularly care. So you and I gave our, we each picked the series, ironically, both in the Western Conference that we think will go seven games. Now let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. This might be a little bit harder. Yes. Give me the series that you think, if you had to pick, will end in a sweep. What's it going to be? And if we get one, I think it'll be one. What's it going to be? The one series I thought would have ended in a sweep, I'm not convinced anymore that it'll end in a sweep. Uh, I probably would have been Florida Boston, but even then, like, just I have a hard time thinking that like Florida can't win at least one game. Now you're seeing reports that like a sickness has an illness has spread through the Boston Bruins playoff Uh, fever, playoff fever. Clearly, I'm not saying Boston's going to lose. I mean, we have stakes with Boston for something else. (laughs) We're not saying that Boston's going to lose. We're just not. We're just saying Boston's not going to win. That's that's what we're saying. Could you could you imagine if the Boston Bruins lost in the first round? Could you imagine? Yes, I could somehow, because that's the stupidity of the NHL. Like, like if they dominant, lost to Florida, I, you, you're telling me okay, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's all. No, it's like, not. It's absolutely nothing. not. Like, like, like the, people forget. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning were like the best team in the NHL in 2019, and they lost in the they were swept in the first round by a yeah. team that had never won a playoff series in their history. And and remember, in game one of that series in 2019, Tampa had a 3-0 lead early in the game. They and did. Everyone, and remember, everyone was like, why are we even bothering with this series? This series is going to be so washed. We were thought like, man, like, this we is a waste, right. of, waste of days. Somebody had a monkey's paw that they're like, you know, the, the old wish. Like, why are we even playing this series? It's going to end up in a sweep. And like somewhere, some genie was like, your wish has been granted. You're like. Well, I guess it was just not the way, not the way that we saw it. So pick your series. What's the series that you think, you know what? It's going to end up in a sweep. 
So I don't think it's Florida, Boston. Islanders, Carolina, I don't think it will be. Tampa, Toronto, it can't be. Although that would be hilarious. Uh, New Jersey, Rangers, no. Uh, Colorado, Seattle? No. Yeah, I I, 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 you don't think no. so, right? Like, or, or do you feel like there's not going to be a sweep? Like, I don't you, think like, so. Like, at worst, like, it's like a five-game series somewhere. Colorado, remember, they're banged up, too. I mean, they're not going to have Gabe Landeskog. Uh, Seattle just they've surprised a lot of teams, and, you know, I don't see them going down in a sweep. I just, it's really hard for me to pick one series that's going to end in a sweep, and I don't see that happening. You know what I could say? Now, you're going to laugh at this, okay. and you're going to tell me that I'm, this is a stupid take, but I could see, hear me out on this, okay? Just hear me out. I could see Dallas, Minnesota ending in a sweep, but I can't even sit here and tell you which of the teams will sweep the other team. Isn't that crazy? That's like, very interesting. I, I think it's that's going to be it's close, an, but you think that's going to be a sweep. That but, could be what, more opposite. I, I could see it being a four-game sweep or like a sweep where like Jake Ottinger just stands on his head. They win 3-2 in overtime, 2-1, 4-3, And you're like, well, they were evenly matched, but all the breaks went to Dallas. Like I could it wouldn't shock me as as weird as that is. That it's a four-game sweep, and the team that that sweeps wins by like a total of five goals. Doesn't doesn't this more proof that like the unpredictability of the Stanley Cup playoffs makes picking these games so hard, makes picking these series so hard? Like we're we're gonna we're gonna spend all day making these series picks uh, well, if we haven't done so already, and then in about two weeks' time, we're gonna talk about how um, I don't know the. Carolina Hurricanes don't look like the playoff team we thought they were going to be, or how right. the Tampa Bay Lightning's dynasty may have come to an end at the hand of the Toronto Maple Leafs, or, or alternatively, how the hell did the Toronto Maple Leafs find a way to bungle this up again? Like, 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 like we don't know. We don't. We oh, really I know. don't know. Like, I, okay, I think another way to put it, and I'm with you. Like, like this is like it feels very like if you were filling out one of those brackets on NHL.com or whatever. Like you're right. In two weeks from now, you look, you might look like an idiot, but we're we're all gonna look like idiots. Let me let me rephrase it. Let me put it this way. Tell me if you agree with this. Okay. I think Julian, there's only like three teams, maybe four, but three teams. Like if they won the cup, I'd be truly shocked. Everybody else, three teams wouldn't like. Okay, so Seattle would shock me. Yes, I absolutely. would. I would genuinely be surprised. Hundred percent. Um, I. Th- just because of the way that the year has gone for them this year, Florida would shock me. Yeah. And maybe the Islanders. Wait, but I so, feel so, like if so, any so the Devils wouldn't the, shock you? No. No, they wouldn't. Wow. Like, because they, they just took such a quantum leap forward and they were a you know 108 point whatever team, and they got a legit star in Hughes, and and like it wouldn't stun me. Like I, I don't know. I feel like there's only like three teams that if they won the cup, I'd be like, man, I didn't see that coming. That's interesting. I mean. Like, who would it be for you? Like, who would. Okay, you agree with me. Seattle would shock you. Yeah. Seattle would shock Florida me Florida would sure. probably shock you. Florida would shock me for sure. And. Um, the and, Islanders, and, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure they get out that first round. So, like, that would. I would think they would need, yeah. like, goaltending to get themselves there. But they also know what to do. So, at least from a defensive standpoint. So, maybe it wouldn't completely shock. Toronto would shock yeah. me. Toronto would shock. Would, me. It would really. It see, would shock me. It would shock I, me because, like, this is a team because that, of the history. That's it. Like the Charlie okay. Brown trying to kick the football, and then like you know they fi- if they find a way to do it, 
they they would mean that they would have exercised. Think about it. Think about Toronto's path. If Toronto gets to the cup final period, that means they'll have dismantled Tampa Bay. If Boston wins, they'll have beaten Boston. And they're probably going to get like Carolina in the conference final. That's going to be impressive. And if they win, that's them beating what? Colorado, Edmonton. And I understand that like fine, you know, Dallas, maybe Los Angeles even. They're still beating a really good team in the Western Conference. I understand that uh, some people look at the West and like, okay, it's really Colorado, maybe Edmonton, and that's it. But like, there's some really good teams in that Western Conference. And if the and if the Leafs do that, like, that's a team that has been. Look, they have the fan base that they have. They have the you know they they've centered themselves as the team in the hockey universe. They make all the money and all that. I get all that, but they still have that choker label that's associated to them. Like they have all the, you could tell me all about how they have all this advancement yeah. beyond the, their, their organization and sports science and all that. Like they haven't done it in almost 20 years, just getting out of the first round. So like if they do it and they go all the way to the final and they win, that would completely shock me. I understand for some people it would be a pleasant surprise and maybe be like, no, this is the team that was built to be as talented as they were. They should be in this position. It's still a damn shot. So I'll be going to throw Toronto in there. Yeah. But not okay. because of talent, but because of purely off of story. Yeah. Historically. Yeah. No, no. I mean, listen, like you, <gasps> they are in what kind of the Chicago Cubs were in, the Boston yep. Red Sox, that until you do it, you're going to, unfortunately, you carry the burden and the weight of the generations before you. It's it, right or wrong. It, it It's there. Right. And, yep. and until you vanquish those, uh, you know, demons, they're with you for the ride. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that for sure. But really, I think I think where I come down on this, you can count on one hand the number of teams that if they won the cup, it would shock you. And I like like I said, I feel like there's 12, 10, 11, 12 teams that if they win the cup, I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. Is I that good it. or so bad? It's, it's fun. I think it's good. You know what? I think it's good. Because like, there are a lot of talented teams. Like if Winnipeg, like, because they at one point were like the best team in Canada at one point. If they find a way to like yeah. figure it all out and they go to the final and they win, does that not shock you a little bit considering they did have that dip near the end of the year? Yeah, like I guess from a dip perspective, yes, but not from an on-ice talent perspective where they have True. arguably one of the best three goalies on the planet in Hellebuck. Uh, you know, Shifley had a great year. Kyle Connor, I think, is one of the best snipers in the game. Uh, like they, they, they've got talent. They've got a, a, a pretty decent defense core. Like I... You know, Josh Morrissey, his his season probably mirrored the Jets in so many ways, right? Like it, where he was a Norris Trophy front runner and then kind of dipped. But like I like from a talent perspective, I think they've got it all there. But it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I, I'm excited for this, and I and I think um, Me too. sometimes we we curse the NHL and we're like, damn this league, or whatever. But you know what? Sometimes it's fun too. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Winnipeg is playing Vegas. Jack Eichel is going to make his playoff debut. You know, came Finally. into this league. Yeah, 2016. Came, uh, 2015, 2016, came into this league. Hasn't made the playoffs. Now, let me ask you, I, I found out the answer to this from a buddy in a group text today. And I didn't know the answer to this until this topic came up. Okay? Okay. So Jack Eichel suiting up for his first playoff game of his career. Okay. Um, which active NHL player right now has played in the most career games regular season without ever appearing in a Stanley Cup playoff game? Most, I was shocked by this. Yeah. Most games. Without playing in a playoff game. Yeah. Without playing in a playoff game. Um, I don't know why this name comes to mind, even though it's probably the wrong answer, because I assume they were at least part of some playoff runs in Carolina, but Jeff Skinner. Yeah, you're right. It's it is. It's Jeff Skinner. Oh, I got that right. Yes. You, but you also what? Right? I thought one of those years in Carolina, but I mean he didn't come in, I guess, till a little bit later. But Jeff Skinner is closing in, Julian. No way. On a thousand games in the NHL, 932 to be exact. And he's never made the playoffs. I, for some reason, I thought he'd made it. Because I thought when Eichel didn't make it, I thought, well, Jack Eichel must be the guy. You know, maybe Rasmus Ristalainen or somebody else. I, I figured it was a Sabre. And I was right because, you know, Skinner's been there, whatever, five years. But he never made it in Carolina. So, just like, if we ask the question, who's the best player who's never played in the playoff game? I feel like before today, the answer was Jack Eichel. Like, I think Eichel's, in terms of talent or whatever, um, but I don't know, maybe it's Skinner. I'm, Brady Kachuk has never played in the playoff game. He's starting to put himself uh, into that conversation. Now, I got tricked here. I thought Clayton Keller would have been right, but Arizona in that play-in year, they won a play-in round and then actually played real playoff games. So Clayton Keller's played playoff games. Yeah, he did. He played like yeah. Nine. He actually did pretty well in those games too. He had four mm -hmm. goals and seven points in those nine games. Yeah. So I think uh, the answer uh, is Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Yeah, he's, ne he's never played a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, what, what's more surprising to me, and I don't know if if I should be this surprised, Jeff Skinner's thirty years old. He's going to be 31 next month, and he and he is going to – he's closing in on 1,000 games. Like, that to me is like, whoa, like already? Jeff was one of those guys, and remember, his, the whole story on him, he was just an unbelievable skater uh, for his age. But, like, he came in as an 18-year-old, right? Like, he broke in. He was a teenager he and did. had a 30-goal 30 30 year as an 18-year-old. Like, he, he – He did. He was just a, a, a different guy, just skated differently, all that stuff, and – um. Yeah, I, I'd love to see the guy in the playoffs at some point. And, wait, wait, wait. And now, now since we're talking about Jeff Skinner, what do you think of those Buffalo Sabres uh, in between two um, – I forgot the name of the segment. The two firms. Oh, the two stalls. The two stalls, between, yeah. The, uh, two stalls. Yeah, between two it's stalls. Great. Yeah, the, the in-between two firms parody that he does. I yeah. love it. I think it's great. Like, I think that's the type of humor that fans appreciate and love, and I love it. That's awesome. I like that. That's cool. But also, yeah. I, I think 
I'm going to put it out there. I think I think he sees some playoff games next year. I think the Buffalo Sabres are close. I think Buffalo's close. I think Ottawa's close. I think that too. Detroit maybe with a tweak here or there. They're they're maybe a little bit further, not that much further along. Let me put it this way. Imagine Ooh. this is a nightmare scenario Ooh. for the teams in the Sorry. East in the bubble. Sorry. Sorry. Be- Big breaking news. Big breaking news. Uh, Brad Treliving out in Calgary as GM. Don Maloney uh, promoted to interim GM. This well, is just well, broke. well. Look whose Look. day just got a little more interesting. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> it's Julian McKenzie. My Flames God. Flames beat reporter finding out in the middle of the show oh that my the general God. manager. So this is a mutual parting of ways or how are they, how are they phrasing so, this? What's going uh, on here? Yeah, it's a mutual parting of the ways. His contract expires on June 30th. He will not return. Uh, Don Maloney promoted uh, to uh, to president of hockey operations and will also hold the position of interim general manager. The process to secure services of the next GM will begin immediately. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's the gist of the statement that legit just went out uh, a couple of moments ago. So, so uh, are they, yeah, are they doing? An availability or anything with Treliving or Maloney today? Great question because uh, I I had a weird feeling like okay today is going to be the day where we hear we have to hear something about what's going on. Um, but uh, I, the funny thing is is that we had not heard an availability uh, for for Tree or for Daryl Sutter as well. Um, we have not. Uh, there's nothing immediately that says okay when are we going to talk about this or or go to a meeting or anything like that. But uh, that is very, very interesting. Brad Living uh, and the Calgary Flames decide to mutually part ways. Uh, there was word that, you know, hey, they were going to probably continue some discussions. And, well, it's Monday. And already Brad Living is deciding to leave Calgary. So, uh, yeah, that's a, like legit. Like I just saw that update on my phone. I was like, oh, well, I know what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of minutes. Um, do you believe in this and whether it's general managers and teams or coaches and teams or even a couple that you know in a relationship is a mutual parting of ways possible like does it yes. really work where both people sit down and say you know what i just don't think this is working and the other person was like those were going to be the next words out of my mouth i'm glad we're on the same page or is there always one party that's got a, just a little bit more power here um I think it's possible to do a mutual parting of the ways. I think it's conscious also uncoupling, right? Isn't yeah, but I called? also, but I also think it's possible <laughs> that like one of the two might take it a lot harder than the other in certain ways. Um, but um, yeah, wow. Uh, I have to say, I'm not surprised that this happened. Uh, it would have maybe surprised me a little bit more if Brad stayed. I just think, yep, that you know, it was there like almost a decade. Um, and he, you know, he did as much as he could with this team. He had the big off season last year and, you know, it's not as if he's someone who has to do this, right? He could, he could just decide to do something else. I mean, Jim Trilliving's his dad. He has the Boston pizza fortune and all that. Like he didn't have to do this if he doesn't want to, but also, I don't know, just there's something about that dynamic with him and, and Daryl Sutter that just never, I don't know, for me on the outside looking Ooh. in, I just always wondered about that, uh, that dynamic. And I wonder if that played a role. I don't know if we'll know, but I think it's very interesting that it has gotten to this point where the team so quickly too. like, I thought it would be maybe like another week 
before we really knew. Like maybe we'd hear from from Bradshaw Living one last time. But yeah, I'm a bit I'm surprised at how soon it was. I thought we'd hear something about when we'd hear availabilities. I have to admit it didn't uh occur to me that they would make a decision so soon. That's really, really interesting. And and on True Living, when you look back, is the summer of 2022 kind of his definitive hallmark where look, he was he was backed into a bit of a corner on Kachuk and Goudreau. And uh, you know, he let he he let Goudreau go, didn't get anything back, watch him walk out the door as an unrestricted free agent. Kachuk was a gamble. Uh, he 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 pushed a lot of uh, um, uh, chips in the middle of the table for Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. Um, mm-hmm. Are we having a different conversation if Calgary snuck into the playoffs? We having a different conversation? Maybe, uh, but I'm not sure if that's a guarantee because this is something that has been a talking point for, since the beginning of the season. Uh, since uh, I mean, Daryl Sutter was getting extensions. All those new players were getting extensions. But curiously enough, like Bradshaw Living was the only one not getting anything in in that right. So I I'm not inclined to believe that if they make the playoffs, that that is a total guarantee that they 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 keep Bradshaw Living around or Bradshaw Living wants to stay. That's what's important in all this, too. I'm not convinced that this is something where the Calgary Flames said, OK, look, we need to we need to necessarily move on or at least just all in their thinking. Like, I, I I think that, you know, maybe Brad or you know what? I'll wait until maybe there's more to come from this. But I'm inclined to believe, too, that Brad, with his contract expiring, might have also had a say in, in his future and maybe thought about the future and maybe thought about potential other opportunities down the road. Like, I mean, it is it does say mutually parting of the ways. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other situation like that where it's been said. I'm trying to remember if when Mark Bergevin was in the final year of his contract and he was let go before the end of the year, he was let go partway through the year. I don't think that was a mutual parting of the ways. Um, but, I mean, that ended up going the way that it did. But uh, I'm, I'm inclined to think that this is very mutual. And by the way, I'm just reading some of your colleagues in Calgary because they're on, on social media. I mean, it looks like there is a, a press conference today in Calgary, 1 o'clock okay. your time. Okay, perfect. Uh, and it doesn't look like True Living will speak, but Maloney and... Flames team president, John Bean will. Okay. Well, thank so, you for that. You because go. so now I know what I'm doing uh, this afternoon. There you go. We'll get you on your way. Hey, speaking of which, I just came out of a Pierre Dorian press conference. Oh, yeah. Uh, How's your GM in Ottawa. Uh, this is what I'd like to ask you. I, I think sometimes we get so inwardly focused in the market and the team that we cover that we sometimes don't understand the outside perception. So I'm going to ask you this. Based on everything you know about Ottawa and mm-hmm. where the team is and where they've been and where they could go, do you think Pierre Dorian should be back as general manager? What's your what's your gut tell you? I'll tell you what. Uh, now that this Bradshaw Living News is out there, I'm not so sure. <laughs> there are options out there. There are there are potential options out there um, for for the Ottawa Senators to pursue. I think they should at least think about it. Pierre Dorian, I mean. For the last how many years, he's tried to, you know, build up this team, tried to put them in a position where they can make the playoffs. It's very clear they need someone to take them to that next level. And I think you have to wonder if Pierre Dorian is that guy. And if he does return next year, how much of a leash should he get? You know, he did bring the team to this point. Is he the guy who's going to be able to bring them to that next level? I'm not sure. I don't know. So it's something to think about. And I and I wonder with 
people like Brad for living out there. Um, I don't know if Ron Hextall is as appealing of a candidate. Um, I mean, depending Let, on what. Let's it. ask Josh Yoey and Rob Rossi. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, probably not. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think if you're the Ottawa Senators, though, and you know there's going to be new ownership coming in, uh, depending on how that sale goes, you more or less will have carte blanche on what you want your team to look like. I think you're allowed to to wonder aloud if 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 bringing Pierre Dorian is the right idea. Uh, I'm not so sure I would be quick to make that decision to bring him back. It's going to be interesting. Now we did see. Speaking of, um, um, speaking of uh, Ron Hextall, you know Ron Hextall, Brian Burke let go by Fenway Sports uh, Management with the Penguins. Columbus letting go of Brad Larson, Anaheim parting ways with Dallas Akins. Like you said, Calgary. Like this is the window, right, where teams do these types of things. Lots of changes uh, in the weekend. Was there one out of those? Anaheim, Columbus, Pittsburgh, obviously Calgary now, but. Like, is there one of those changes that did, did anything surprise you? I don't. I don't think anything overly was overly surprising uh, for for me uh, with, with some of these changes. I Columbus, Not really. Columbus is an interesting one because I I just I, so much of this for Columbus and Anaheim is going to be predicated on if you win the Bedard sweepstakes. I think you almost put yourself into the next phase of your rebuild. Like you might be ready to with a tweak or two especially with Columbus, they got Gaudreau and, and Line and some other guys, they might be closer to go time, right? And maybe they maybe they get a coach that's like ready to win now, right? Absolutely. Um, nothing really surprised me. I mean, the tree living news, obviously, that we just decided to talk about now, more the timing than anything else, but there wasn't anything that really uh, kind of stood out. I know a couple of days earlier with the, pure, the Peter Laviolette um, decision as well, seemed like that was a natural time uh, to see change happen, but it would very it would surprise me if he doesn't get an opportunity. Maybe it's because of how the carousel runs in the National Hockey League of opportunity. But uh, I would expect that he would get some kind of opportunity somewhere down the line. I'm not sure where, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, I mean Anaheim, Columbus doing their thing. Like Brad Larson, I mean, look, I, I feel I'll say this about Brad Larson. I wasn't sure if he was going to be the guy for the long term, but I also think that, you know, he did get a little bit hard done by with all the injuries that were going down in Columbus this year. Like they were they were they were basically icing like Lake Erie Monsters rosters for a good right. chunk of their season. Uh, and I'm not sure how much Brad Larson can can do with that. But yeah, I, I'm well, even if I think it's not a complete surprise to see him go, I, I, I will say that I do feel a bit for him considering the composition of the roster throughout the season. You only really got yeah. one year out of Johnny Gaudreau. But that sucks. Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a fair point. And yeah, we'll see if there's some other coaching, you know, musical chairs, general manager, musical chairs. The one, just to circle back to Ottawa for one second. And I know that this has been put out in the public sphere by a lot of people. Frank Valley being one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, that if the Toronto Maple Leafs don't advance deep enough into the playoffs this year to satisfy ownership, that Kyle Dubas is in the same spot as Brad Treliving meaning he's into the last year of his contract, it might make sense for all parties to just say, let's move along. Kyle Dubas, if you didn't know this, Julian, did you know who, who Kyle Dubas' favorite team was as a kid? <laughs> uh, it's, so it's not the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds? No. Kyle Dubas grew up a diehard, legit Ottawa Senators fan. Like, huge. Like, huge, 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 like... 
I think I'd love to go head to head with him on some early 2000s Sens trivia. Like the teams that I covered were the teams that he loved kind of growing up. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, that that would be an intriguing, if he's available, that would be intriguing. And I'm not even saying, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying replace Pierre Dorian with Kyle Dubas. I'm saying, what if you brought in Kyle Dubas as president of Hockey Ops? Or what, yeah, because like, that's, a, that's what, entirely possible too. He might not necessarily want to just take a GM job. He might want something yeah. larger than that. I think that they're like, let me put it this way. I think for the first time in a long time, if there are executive openings in Ottawa, be it for the general manager or president of hockey ops or some executive job, it will be a highly sought after role versus what we've seen in the past where nobody wanted to touch this place with a 100 foot pole. Nobody wanted anything to do with this franchise for a long time. And Mm -hmm. we're past that now. Absolutely. You could potentially, like, I guess if you're an evil genius Ottawa fan, your ideal scenario is Toronto doesn't go far enough in the playoffs to earn Kyle Dubas an extension. And if you think that Kyle Dubas has done a pretty good job over the years in putting this Toronto team at least together and make them a a perennial playoff team and a cup contender, and you feel like he can help you in Ottawa, that's probably option one, I think. I think it would be for him to have a significant voice here. Here's my question. What do you think is not far enough for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I think Toronto has to get to the conference final. I don't think when you've put a team together that deep, that talented, and that up against the cap for so many years, your goal can't be we need to win a playoff round. It can't be. Like, it's got to be we got to go deep. Like, if they beat Tampa, and let's be honest, this Tampa team is held together with duct tape. This isn't Tampa <laughs> from three years ago. That's this true. is a duct tape version of the Lightning. Let's say Toronto beats them in six, Julian, and then they play Boston and they lose in six. Are we all sitting around looking at each other being like, wow, that was a successful year in Toronto. They answered all the questions. No. I don't think so. No. I think they need to win multiple rounds. Here's, to my, here's, here's my answer to that, that question. Here's my answer to that question. Whatever Austin Matthews says is enough. Whatever Austin Matthews says is enough. And I'm I'm dead serious. Because uh, I thought you were joking. No, no, I'm dead serious. Whatever Austin Matthews deems to be enough. Because once July 1st hits, that's when he's eligible for that contract you extension. You know what? Now I Seriously. see what you're, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. There Seriously. I think more than anything else, Kyle Dubas, regardless of if, if this year ends in a Stanley Cup or ends in a first-round exit, the very first thing you're doing is figuring out how you are keeping Austin Matthews. If you, if you even, even the idea of Austin Matthews saying, you know what, I'm just going to test free agency, I'm going to think about next year, like, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Because it's one thing to lose out on all these playoff series and, and not get past the first round. That's tough. Losing out on likely the greatest Leaf to ever play I'm not sure that's, I mean, that's almost a fireable offense. I I wonder, though, if you're Matthews and you do somehow, let's say Toronto wins the cup this year, okay? Let's say they yeah. win the Stanley Cup. At some point in the back of your mind, in some little corner of your mind, are you thinking, you know what? Mission accomplished here. Like, there's nothing I can do in this market that will ever match busting that drought, winning a title, delivering it to a championship-starved uh, fan base that is so rabid and passionate. 
Nothing I could do here will top that. Like I could equal it, but I can't top it. But if I went home to play in Arizona, or if I went to LA, I could do. I wonder, like, what makes it? What's the like? What's the thing that keeps Austin Matthews in Toronto? Is it getting to the third round at least and kind of making them feel like they're close? Is it winning a cup and saying let's try and win multiple? I don't know. It's I, it's I it's think one of those two. Because like if yeah. he if 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 he loses in the first round, I'd be stunned if he was like okay, like I'm gonna do it, like sign me up for another seven years. Not to say they wouldn't be able to win a round in those seven years, but like like there's going to be a ton of changes that come likely if they don't get to that point. And if you're Austin Matthews, you have to think long and hard about what life is going to be like under a new regime. You know that's that's likely going to complicate wanting to stay in Toronto from that vantage point. That's at least how I would see it. Boy, oh boy. It's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And hey, maybe if you're an Ottawa fan and you're really hoping for Kyle Dubas, the other option is maybe you want Toronto to win the Stanley Cup because then Kyle Dubas is saying, I'm a free agent. I can write my own check. I can go wherever I want. And I'm going to go to Ottawa. That is very true. It's, it's interesting, but I, I have um, to admit, man, my brain is just scrambled with the tree living stuff. So I know you see I, me I just kind of like, like, just like half like paying attention, half I'm, I'm obviously paying attention, but just kind of like looking around. Like one quote that's like going around from that statement, uh, from from the release here, uh, from Flames President John Bean. Uh, it's a difficult day when you must part ways with a quality uh, colleague and friend. We are grateful of Brad's contributions over the past nine years and wish him every success in his future, both perfect, both personally and professionally. But for our fans and our business, we need to move forward. And we are confident with Don Maloney's experience that we will find the right general manager to build on Brad's work and lead our team to the Stanley Cup. That to me says that whoever is going to replace Brad for living I don't think they would want them to tear this team down. They want to take this team and okay, just turn them around and find the, give get find a way to take what happened this year and turn it into a positive. Like that's not a team that doesn't sound like a team to me that's going to rebuild anytime soon. Boy, but they're they're caught in that perpetual murky middle, right? Where you're you're too talented. Sure You've got too many pieces in Jonathan Huberto and Tyler Toffoli and and when he's playing well, Jacob Markstrom to be terrible and hang out with the Columbuses and Anaheims, but you're not quite good enough in other spots to hang with LA and Edmonton. And anyway, it's going to be an interesting, like if you, okay, here's a question for you. Let's say you are a very qualified general manager candidate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you pick a guy or a girl, whoever you think could potentially be a candidate uh, as a general manager. And you look down on your phone and you have three missed calls. One is from Pittsburgh. One is from Ottawa. One is from Calgary. Which, which call are you returning first? Good Lord. This is, this is actually a lot tougher than you think. Because yeah. you could get Pittsburgh. Find the core is aging. But like it's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny exactly. Malkin. If you get like, like a few younger pieces around them, the goaltending has to be up there too. You could get a run. Even if it's just one good run, it's a run. Ottawa, new ownership, a, a, a core that is on the precipice of making the playoffs. Like, that's also appealing too. Calgary, like, they just missed the playoffs. But you have Huberto, you have Kadri. Jacob Bartram didn't have that great of a year, but Jacob Bartram could easily, easily, uh, I mean, maybe not easily rebound, but like, there's, you're hoping that maybe there's something that could happen. Like, there's some good bones on that team. 
I don't think they have to completely restructure everything. But if you take over that team, you make a tweak here and there, you turn them into a playoff team. Man. Uh, my bias would say Calgary, but that's because I'm more familiar with those teams than, than Pittsburgh and Ottawa. But I also like the idea of taking over an Ottawa team where everything is is going to be new. New ownership. Uh, the players are going to be good. I mean, you're going to have to figure out that Alex Debrinkit story. But uh, I, I think you're you're in a really good position uh, with the Ottawa Senators. I might I might take the Ottawa Senators just with just because of that new money coming. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com/slash/active-ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, Member NYSE SIPC. Real quick, uh, now, not every writer that is part of the uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association has an awards ballot. Um, some, not all. I do have. Now, do you have a ballot this year? I do. I, I okay. submitted is it last the, night. Your, your, and is this your first year voting? Very first year voting. Okay. So I want you to, uh, you know, kind of walk our listeners through the ballot and what was the like. And I think the Norris Trophy is the one we're all struggling with. And it's not necessarily who's at one or what, but it, it's at the end of it. And I haven't hit submit yet. I have until seven o'clock. But there's a four or five good defensemen that are going to be left off of everyone's ballot. Yep. And I want people to understand that there's no inherent bias here. There's no hatred. It's this is a really weird year. I, I don't remember a year where I could say like, man, I could, you can make a case for eight guys to be candidates finalists. So, was that the award you had the hardest time with? Yes, uh, yeah. that and the Selkie for whatever reason. Uh, well, I mean, for the second to fifth place votes for the Selkie, but for the Norris, like last week's Eric Carlson was in town, and we asked him uh, some of the Calgary media just about you know going through the year that he was going through. Uh, and people wondering, hey, maybe you don't deserve the Norris because your defensive ratings aren't so good. And to the best of his ability, he tried to speak about it as he could, just saying like, hey, you know, like the the award as it is, it's supposed to be for all around ability, and, and we're seeing more offensive defensive. Like, it's not my fault that like I have the stats that I have. Um, and and David Quinn, I think, also just you know went to his defense as well. And I mean, this is a guy who five on five and even strength points, like he has more points than anybody, than like anybody. As a guy who who plays at five on five more than anybody, if not more than anybody, at least like among the the most, uh, this is a player who has done something that 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 has not been done since like the nineties with Brian Leach did it, reaching a hundred points in the season, and in a world that we're in now where offensive defensemen are relied upon more than ever, like there's a genuine debate to be had about his his candidacy for Norris Trophy, even if his defense is not that strong, um. Yeah, at the same time, though, the, the nature of the award is for all-around ability, and you have to consider Adam Fox. You have to consider uh, uh, Brent Burns. You have to consider Quinn Hughes. You have to consider Dougie Hamilton. You have to consider Miro Heiskinen. There are so many good – Hampus Lindholm. There are people who are, are are putting up the flag for Hampus Lindholm who does not have the same level of production 
as some of the guys I mentioned before, but at least according to our metrics here at The Athletic, has the best defensive rating of any of the defensemen this year, this year and plays on the team with the best defense. Like, you can't not consider him in all of this, right? Like, it's this was just extremely oh, difficult. I, I didn't even mention Josh Norrissey. Uh, I didn't even mention Kale McCarr. Like, people are guaranteed missed, are going to be upset. McCarr missed 20 games, and for me, that – that was a bit of a, a factor. Like if he had played 70 games, maybe, but you know, he missed 20 games. I think this year more than ever, because of the quality of defensemen, that 20 games matters. Yeah. I don't think yeah. him playing 60 think so. games in any other year matters that much. If he played 41, if he played 50, yep. I'd be a little bit hesitant. 60 for me is like a decent cutoff, but because of the year that a defenseman are having this year, it's a lot easier to take him off your ballot. And last thing I'll say on the awards is and I say this with the utmost respect. And I love, I, it's a privilege and an honor to, to vote on these awards. If you ask me how these awards should be handed out, there should be a weighted system. And give 25% of the weight to the media. Give 25% of the weight to the players. Give 25% of the weight to coaches. And 25% of the weight to general managers. And Man. say... This is every you, you can all vote, but we're going to tabulate it and weight it accordingly. It's not right, in my opinion, it's not right to have media members solely being responsible for handing out major individual awards uh, in a league. I don't, I don't believe, and I, I say that with the utmost respect, and I appreciate the honor. It should be spread out and more evenly distributed so that the players and the coaches. And the general managers have a voice in this, too. Okay. I, I'm just going to be real in this, too. Okay? I think the reason why we have so many people are having worries with this is because of the fact that ballots get put up out there. And we now have to deal with the fact that once people see, you know, who voted for who, then some fan base is going to get upset. Yep. And our mentions are going to get flooded. Our but emails are going to get flooded. Good. And I get it. It's good. It's good to have that discussion. But some people do like to take it a little too far. With some of their criticism. And I think that's sure. a genuine, I think that's a genuine piece of anxiety for some people. I know but I, I know for me personally, thinking that's something I thought about a lot. I tried to vote it as honestly as I could and tried to make the pick like I didn't try to make like other people's like opinions dictate my takes pretty much at all. I tried to be like, okay, like yeah, from what I see, this is good. But definitely it has cr it crossed my mind the fact that, like, okay, if I vote for this player maybe people are going to get like, you know, upset and like I, maybe other years would be a lot worse, but I, I can't imagine I'm the only person who thinks about that. No, uh, but here's, the, here's why I come down on that. For, first of all, I'm very glad to go with transparent ballots. Uh, in, in like prior to what, three years ago, people could vote without not anyone knowing how they voted. And I don't think that's right because at that point now, who knows, maybe you may, maybe you make a trade with an agent and say, Hey man, I'll give your client a top three vote for the uh, Norris if you promise to give me this scoop or that scoop. I don't like that. I think that's wrong. And so that's by, wild. By, but I no 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 no. But people but, did that. But how do you know that they didn't? How do I mean, you know wild. that they didn't? That's so wild. release the the votes and attach it to everybody. You put your name on it and you be accountable. And if you're worried about the anxiety or the blowback, then recuse yourself from the voting. That's how I would. I, that's down. fair. That's you a know? very fair point. That's a very fair point. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I don't feel 
like that's something I thought about, but like I didn't I didn't feel so 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 up there about that that I would want to recuse myself from that. Like having the privilege to vote on NHL awards, it's a privilege. Like it's the first time doing it. I hope I'm able to do this for a very long time. So I don't want yeah. to lose that opportunity. One of uh, award we don't vote on that goes to the broadcasters, play by play and uh, color analysts. They vote on the Jack Adams Award as Coach of the Week, however, or Coach of the Year. However, we've been doing Coach of the Week all year. Oh, yeah. And it's time for our final one because the last week of the regular season concluded on Friday. So we don't have as big of a sample size, but here are your candidates for the final Jack Adams of the Week Award. And our producer, Chris Flannery, has tabulated the votes, I believe, from all season. So after we pick our winner today, I think Chris Flannery will be able to tell us who is the Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show Jack Adams winner based on how we voted all season, okay? So here's what we got. Uh, Last week, uh, Buffalo Sabres win three games under Donnie Granato. They go three and one. Pete DeBoer's Dallas Stars, they go three and oh. Jared Bednar, Colorado, they they, they eke out a division title thanks to getting five of six points. Sheldon Keefe in Toronto, they they end the regular season on a high three oh and oh. Where are we going? Granato, DeBoer, Bednar, Keefe. Coach of the week, final one. Make it. Jared, ben- Jared Bednar getting that division title. I mean, uh, yeah. no disrespect to some of the other guys. Uh, not as much to gain in those wins. Bednar came out with something at the end of it, so my vote would go to him. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate. Uh, they they snuck in last day of the season and Nate McKinnon doing Nate McKinnon things. Uh, they they get the first round uh, uh, matchup with Seattle as a result of winning the division, which I think is huge. It's a little bit. I think it's a little bit easier to go through Seattle than, than maybe Dallas or Minnesota, or it would have been Minnesota, but that's that's an easier route, uh, I think. So I'm with you. Those games mattered more for Bednar than they did for Granado, DeBoer, and Keefe. So we're going to tally that one up. Jared Bednar, the final Jack Adams. Now let's bring in the producer, Chris Flannery. And maybe Chris, maybe Chris when, he, when we actually put this out, he can have like a dramatic, you know, when, when the host says, drum roll, please. Chris Flannery with a drum roll. When you tabulate the votes over the course of the season, who is the Athletic Hockey Show Monday Jack Adams Award winner of the season? The winners. The winners of the Jack Adams Award. Yeah. Woo! Jim Montgomery, obviously, makes sense. And Dave Haxtell both won the honor three times over the course of the season. That's it? Yeah. Three... We gave a guy who won 65 games, we gave him three times of the year. We're like, ah, you did a good job this week. Yeah. 65 wins. So we had the top five. It was Montgomery, Haxtell, Gerard Gallant won twice, DJ Smith won twice, Don Granato twice, and now Jared Bednar (laughs) is in there too. He won twice. DJ Smith and Don Granato being in the top five has just submarined our credibility. Two teams that aren't going to the playoffs were top five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, it's, it's who had the best week. You know, it's like they they had up and down seasons and they, they happened to win those weeks. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think, let me put it this way. I feel very comfortable saying when the finalists come out for the Jack Adams, that Jim Montgomery and Dave Haxtell will be two of the three finalists. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think Lindy Ruff has a great case to be three. I think uh, there's there's a couple of other guys that that might you know be able to get get their way in there. Um, but to me, Montgomery 
has to win this award, right? I mean, Hacks, oh, so Hackstall is probably going to actually get legit consideration considering he's able to bring the crack into the playoffs. Lindy Ruff, you're right with New Jersey. Um, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Jim Montgomery, the fact that he was able to take his team to uh, the highs that they're at, most wins in an NHL season. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to argue against that. And it's his first year coaching, right? Like, I think yeah, that's like what he, makes he took it over easier. That, that, yeah, exactly. If he had been there for a while and then got yeah. them to that point, like, that could be debatable. But, like, his first year there and he takes that team to that level, that's outstanding. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Our Monday athletic <clears> hockey <throat> show, Jack Adams co-winners, Dave Haxel, Jim Montgomery. So we thank everybody for man. playing along. Next year. We've decided for next season, we're going to be doing a Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show Selkie Trophy uh, Award of the Week. Oh, boy. That's going to <laughs> Can be you imagine? so much. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how terrible that would be? Yeah. It, it, especially if Patrice Bergeron <laughs> stays yeah. another year. <laughs> yeah. Selkie Winner of the Week. We do that. It's all like, that. oh, we're just going to vote for all these other guys. At the end of the year, it's like, yeah, Patrice Bergeron only won the award twice from us. The uh, DJ listen, Smith of, we, this, of the Selkie Award. DJ Award Smith and Don Granato winning two of them uh, says everything you need to know. But, okay, we're going to wrap. Listen, let's wrap it up because, look, we kind of already did a multiple choice question. I asked you, you're a GM candidate and you get three phone calls from Calgary, Ottawa, Pittsburgh. So, you know what? That, that'll, that'll suffice as our that'll multiple suffice. choice because I'll tell you what. You've got to run, man. You've got a press conference to cover. I've yes. got a press <laughs> conference to kind of – Go through and, and and transcribe. And the teams that we cover are in a tumultuous spot and there's a lot of things going on. But I say this, and I'll, I'll end off the show by saying what I said at the top. I am so excited for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I, I'm excited to uh, connect with you next Monday because by next Monday, there could be a couple of teams in trouble, right? A couple of teams mm-hmm. that thought they were going deep are going to be in trouble. And um, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm excited for this time of year. This is going to be a lot of fun. And um, looking forward to and looking forward to reading whatever you write about uh, uh, Maloney and the and the presser today. Me too. Let's let's see how that goes. Let's see how that goes. Oh man! All right, we'll leave it there. Want to thank everybody for a listening to the Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, as always, leave us a, a, a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you uh, that you use. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, we always know this too, Julian. Best producer in the game, it's Chris Flannery. No questions yes, sir. asked. Chris, yes, thank sir. you for being you. We can't thank say you, that. Chris. Thank you for being you. No problem. Thank you, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We got a one-year subscription to The Athletic, too. It's a dollar a month. And you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Of course, you.